Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Thank you. Next. Okay. First things first, your exes should be blocked. You know, acknowledging the good things and moving on. We're not about bad vibes here. Are you relationship experts? No. no. <laughs> My pants were wet. <laughs> it ain't even about BDE anymore. It's about thank you next energy, yeah? Finally, all of the I saw it first ads got me. I actually ordered something from there this week. What did you order and did it fall apart immediately as it came out of the bag? I ordered a cow bikini top, which is what Faye and Millie were wearing. And yes, it did fall apart immediately. The fit was disgraceful. Also, their bikinis, they do the same size top and bottom. I don't know anybody in history who's the same size top and bottom ever. This is why I support ASOS. I stand with my ASOS sisters. I stand with you. Yeah. I will not fold her. let you pick different. Yeah, I've never ordered a bikini like that. I stand with Azos and I will not falter to I saw it first. This I solemnly swear. All the advertisements are getting me. Maybe it's the fact that we're more free. We're more free? Like a bit more, like there's more freedom, isn't there? That's an illusion. People be going Ibiza. Yeah, but then they're having to like self-isolate and do multiple tests and all of that shit. And you pay for your tests as well. You have to pay for your tests that you get done that the government requires so they make more money off of you. There you go. Raj ain't going to Ibiza. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is not a I saw it first clothing fashion podcast. Welcome. We are Thank You Next. It's a podcast about turning your elves into wins. We actually talk about relationships and entertainment here. That is actually what we do. I'm Raj. And I am Hardy. And you know how it goes down here. We get into the L's that we've taken in lots of different relationships and reflect on what we've learned from them, turning that L into a win. Uh, What we mean by different relationships are the ones that we have with our mates, the ducks in the park, because now Raj bought me some duck food so I can feed the ducks, our family. You got so agitated feeding the ducks. I don't, yeah, because this is the thing. We know when humans, we get involved in the animal Thing. we might actually create more problems we don't know because we're not there i mean you know what we do in your park because your park actually they move mad in your park yeah they think their name is hugo in your park it's insane what other relationships do we talk about even like the people who um come past you in the street and beat their horn at you millions of times i actually swore at somebody yesterday i, I got that angry i swore and i don't normally swear at strangers but i was actually like fuck off you wanker I actually had to say it. It was two men and just me walking on the road and then they were beeping at me and then when we got to a traffic light, then they shut up and then as soon as they started driving again, then they started doing it again. And I'm just like, well, I just thought, if you're going to do this to somebody else, you need to know not to do this to someone else. What if they were doing it to like a younger girl or someone who was a bit more... Do you think you swearing at them has deterred them from doing it to anyone else? Probably not. They probably get off on it. They probably just get off on that little bit of attention. <sighs> I'm not going to talk about anything that I think about men anymore because it just can't. It sounds like I hate men and I don't. So I need to stop saying stuff. All right. Yeah. So basically every week, apart from when we're trying not to bash men and stuff. Whoa, we're not men bashers. I'm just joking. 
We say thank you next to the shit that we are not going to take in our lives anymore. So for Hardy, it's obviously men honking their horns at her. For me, I'll say thank you next to Liam on Love Island being taken back by Millie. Absolutely was not having that. I'm not having it. We are not happy about that. And speaking of Love Island, guess what? This week, we've got Sharon Gafgar, everyone's favourite feminist Love Islander on the show. Sharon was an interesting character because she was very strong. You know, she very careery. She had a thing with Hugo, thing with Aaron. She got involved. She was herself, in it, on the show, mm. which is always interesting because I think, is it quite difficult to be yourself in the villa when probably the producers are pressuring you to sort of fit into a role that they kind of see fit for you. Like, what's that like? But um, we're going to find out because she's going to be telling us what she wants to say thank you next to you. Don't forget what you want to say thank you next to. Email us at hithankyounextpodcast.gmail.com. Tell us about your relationship lessons, things that have made you want to say thank you and next. And you can follow us on all socials for memes, videos, and for spicy photos and polls. We're doing a lot of polls lately on our uh, Insta stories. They're always about Love Island. It's always interesting to see, like, do we think completely differently to the rest of the world? And most of the time we don't. Well, you brought up an interesting thing because obviously we can see who votes. And yeah. I I thought Teddy was not really in the wrong. I feel like Teddy's just doing a thing. And then you found that my friend... Teddy was not in the wrong for finding someone else sexually attractive yes. in Casa Amor. That's what we thought, right? And then Me and you were on the same page about that. Yeah, I was just like, whatever. Um, yeah, and then Raj found that my friend, my closest friend, thought differently. I had no idea. I was like, excuse me? Good talking point. But yeah, if you want to see all that shit, it's basically at thank you next pod on everything. It's actually really interesting for us because it lets us get to know all of you better, mm. isn't it? Because mm. by the polls, we can sort of see like where you're at, what you think. Yeah. People say that the people around them probably have similar views to them. Similar mindset, I mm. would say, more than anything. And sometimes I think the views can be a bit, you know, here or there. But I think mindset probably. Like, so like, I would say me and you are growth mindset peoples. Mm. What do you think? I would say so. Anyway, let's get down into shit that went down this week. I've got my vag lasered again. I actually need to get my vag lasered again as well. We're not saying here that you all, every woman needs to be hairless like baby. We're not saying that. I just hate it. Just so you know, I will not get my vag lasered so I'm hairless. Mm. I've, I told you about it, what I like. I like it so there's like a bit in the middle, but it's just clean on the sides and up top a little bit neat. Because mm. I feel like I need hair down there. And I feel like the hair down there is supposed to do something for you. That's what like she said, the lady. Health reasons. Well, we know it's protection in it, really meant to be protection in that. What does it protect you from? I don't know. What did the lady say to you? I didn't ask her in detail. Probably like infections or some shit. I don't know. Are you getting it clean, just clean like a chicken, plucked chicken? Uh, why do you have to say that? I just wanted to understand where you're at. Yeah, I don't want anything there. I don't, I hate it. I oh, is like it? it? You're not going to have anything there. No pubes. Yeah, but not fucking plucked chicken. Stop. No pubes. Um, well, we'll see. No, people like to say smooth like a limousine and shit like that, don't they? They're like, no, I ain't saying that. I think that's a Rihanna lyric. I'm assuming she's talking about her pubes there. I would just like to say the reason why is, like I said, I get really annoyed about women's underwear and stuff. I just don't like it just hanging about. I just It annoys me. I don't like it. And you know, sometimes when you're walking and like it, you can feel it and you're like, I don't like feeling it. You can, sorry, you can feel your pubes. You can feel it if you pay attention. Yeah, you can like feel it. The only time I can feel my pubes is if I've done the, the stupidest thing ever, which I think is really ridiculous if you shave your pubes, mm. yeah, because you can feel them 
when they're growing back and they're fucking itchy and it's like you'll be in the middle of the street, right? And you'll have the urge to just scratch. Obviously, if you wax, you don't have that same problem. But um, Yeah, then you'll have to deal with ingrown hairs, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I've had laser already before, so I can't wax. So You can wax after you've had laser. It doesn't mean that you can't ever wax or epilate or anything ever again. It just means you're not meant to do it during your treatments. But when you're done with your treatments, you can wax. That's, that's not what my lady said. That's a myth, mate. Raj did something very nice for me. She made me afternoon tea, didn't you? But we're not going to talk about that because I told you we don't want people knowing that I'm sweet and nice and I'll make nice things for people. Well, this is interesting because you didn't say this last week. What did I say last week? You know, when we were talking about like having a friend and da da da, you were like, I'm like. This is really hard, isn't it, doing this podcast? I think my views probably change weekly, right? Mm. Or daily. But in general, I don't want everyone knowing that I'm this cuddly munchkin that will make you afternoon tea and try and emulate afternoon teas I've had from Sketch and shit. She was really cute. Like, she made, like, oh, the sandwich flavours and the... I got different loaves of bread and Hardik just wasn't bothered. I was like, have it with this bread. Try this one. And she was like, no. And the stuff she was serving at me in, she got proper teapot and stuff i kept saying to raj thank you for feeding me it was, so, it was only so sandwiches nice. and tea bro and a no, scone man and you made me i didn't yeah. bake it from scratch but why is it why is it that you wouldn't want everyone to know that maybe it's because i feel like because i have been so cuddly and bubbly in the past and people have often taken me for a mug that now i want that front to be like yeah yeah whatever she ain't nice she she's mean She's mean. But we know you are, Raj. Don't fight it. Come no, it's, fi- on. it's fine. You, you saw it. We posted one story, but like, that's it, isn't it? No more. You've always been nice to me. No more. Yeah, I've been nice to you. So what? Like, we don't need to. I love how Raj is really trying to like go past this. She's all asking me about freaking a pluck like a chicken. Love that, didn't you? But as soon as we chat about this, she's running away. I think maybe it comes from me not wanting to be taken for a mug again and that before, because I did wear my heart on my sleeve a lot and I was. Just this bubbly munchkin ball of sunshine bollocks that people, no. I feel like, yeah, I do feel, I feel like people took advantage of that a lot. And um, now it's like, I'll show that side to people in my life that I want to show it to. Mm. And obviously, I'm sure anyone listening to the podcast, you probably know that I am quite soft, but uh, I've got a mouth on me as well. I don't know if you've ever chatted on the podcast about the cute shit that you do. Obviously, we've said that you like, yeah, you sent me like a candle and you sent me the Ariana stuff. But other than those things, I don't think we actually talk that much about how it could lead to you. But anyway, we'll keep it moving because I don't want to embarrass you, Raj. I went to karaoke on the weekend. Did I tell you? Mm, you did briefly, but you didn't tell me about it. I want to know something, though. What songs did you pick? My warm-up tune is always that Drake and Nicki Minaj um, moment for life. I always do that. I, I always do Kanye yeah. Gold okay. Digger. I did Ariana Thank You Next. And I always do... Gold Digger is one of the worst Shut songs. up, man. It's so oh, fun. And I always it. do... But people are always so shocked when they hear me rap. They're like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, what? But I do Gold Digger in a British accent. So I do it like I'm Stormzy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, right. Raj is Stormzy these days. It sounds really, really good. But um, what else do I do? I do Wheatus, Teenage Dirtbag. I love that. Love oh, that. <laughs> I hate that song. baby. We're going to do karaoke together. We'll do it. It'll be so fun. We're not. We will have so much fun. No. Maybe we'll do that for a listener meetup. We'll do a karaoke. We'll book a massive karaoke booth. No. Everyone has to be vaccinated though. Just FYI. 
A song we do like though is that J. Cole, can't get enough, can't get enough. Ah, uh, you know, ah, uh, can't get yeah. enough, can't get enough. Ah. Uh. There you go. Hardy, so you went to a sexy dance class and you still haven't taught me any moves, bro. What's going on? Yeah, but I sent you the video. What do you think of the video? The girl was just doing stuff. I don't know. Like, I was like, what's going on? Yeah, it was very saucy. Uh, my body still hurts, actually. It was like strip club dancing, actually. It was a bit to the music, a bit to the lyrics. I found it hard to get the counts, to be honest. But um, it was a vibe, man. A lot of uh, grinding on the floor, touching yourself, all of that. Feeling yourself. Yeah. I worked up at Appetite and then went and ate a burger on Friday night. But I started watching Love Island and these two lads were like obsessed. These two guys were proper drunk. You started watching Love Island while you were eating your burger in public, in a public space, innit? Yeah, because I felt uncomfortable eating on my own on Friday, on an evening, because I eat on my own all the time in the day, whatever. But just in the evening in London, like, come on, like, that's like, I don't mind. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, it makes me sad or whatever, but it's just like everyone's in groups. No one goes to eat out on their own on an evening, do they? Like that. I think Friday night now has become like what it always was, which is when everyone's like out, out, getting leery, getting sweary, getting yeah. some beers down them, you know. Well, these guys loved it. They couldn't stop chatting to me about Millie. So Hardy, is your vag like smooth like a limousine right now? No. Okay, when is it going to be smooth like a limousine? What about yours? What's yours like? What's going on with yours? I shaved it the last time I had to go swimming, but I need to do my laser again, but I'm not going to do my laser until the winter. Okay, fascinating. Thanks for the update. Yeah, I'm really glad. I'm happy to share. Always happy to share stories about pubes. You're an idiot. So we mentioned before that we are going to be joined by Sharon from Love Island. So it's time to find out what she's saying thank you next to. So Sharon, welcome to Thank You Next. Thank you so much for having me. Woo! <laughs> Woohoo! We're so excited to have you. You're a Love Island star, living your best life. Oh God, I wouldn't call myself a star. I find it really weird. Like when people are like, that's Sharon from Love Island. I'm just looking around like, oh yeah, that is that is me. <laughs> Do you get that now that you've been going out? Yeah, I get it a lot when I like go in like the underground tube and stuff like that. Like I get a lot of comments and it's weird because I'm wearing a mask. So I just hope that nobody recognises like my eyes but apparently they do so do they take pictures of you and stuff without asking are they like Sharon? do you know what actually it's more younger girls that tend to take photos like on the sly but I've got quite good peripheral vision so I know that you're doing it like, <laughs> just ask me for a photo it's fine <laughs> it must feel uncomfortable to know that though I was in Paddington station going out to get a coffee and I remember like a group of teenage girls sitting below where I was. I was like, yeah, that's really not a good angle what you're taking that photo of. But um, I'd rather people just came up to me and spoke to me. Like, I'm not going to bite you. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> One thing I did notice though, when I was Googling you, when I go on Daily Mail and you always see at the side, it's like, so-and-so is uh, wearing like sizzling body, blah, blah, blah. When I was Googling you, it's like, uh, Sharon flashes under boob in daring crop top. What do you make of that? Because I guess no one ever thinks that's going to be them. And then now that is you. It is very weird to feel like that my clothing choices now make press, that it's even a story in the first place. But, um, you know, at least my boobs are getting their airtime, I suppose. Like, <laughs> I don't really know how to like think <laughs> about it. I think it's weird for my dad to see articles like that, right? Because my parents are really like strict and conservative and stuff like that. So for my dad to read articles about my boobs is a bit weird. <laughs> how did your dad feel about you going on Love Island then? You know, I think my dad didn't want me to do it because I put so much time into like my career and stuff. He was like, you're throwing it away for nothing. I was like, I'm not 
throwing it away. Like it's always an option for me to go back. So I think, you know, at first he was doing that protective dad thing where obviously, you know, he knows what online trolls are like, you know, now that I've, I've done it and I've come out of it and he's seen like how I conduct myself when he's not there. He's definitely proud of me. He's a man of few words, but he did say he was like, I didn't make a complete tit of myself. So that's a compliment <laughs> to my dad. Um, <laughs> um, you know, you just mentioned about the trolls. What is that like now? Because I've seen you like hit back at a few people on Twitter who are saying like mean things. It's like reminding them that, you know, you guys and people's family have mental health to be concerned about. What is that like dealing with? It is hard to deal with. I think I'm quite a strong person anyway. And I knew that would be part and parcel going on the show. I knew that, you know, as a woman, my appearance would be like made comment on all of the time. For me personally, I, I've just learned to deal with it and kind of sweep it under the carpet. I'm not taking it personally. I'm not taking it as a as a bad representation of me. It's clearly somebody else has something going on in their life. They feel the need to be able to make a fake profile to write something like that. For me, where the concern is, is my family. I do remember coming out of the villa and being told about an islander whose family had been trolled quite heavily. And it made me very emotional because I didn't like the idea of putting my family and my friends in a situation where they were on the receiving end of something quite vital. For me personally, I've got a very good support system, like ITV welfare are amazing. And I have access to like a psych and a therapist uh, basically whenever I need it. Yeah. Let's take it back to the beginning then. What made you want to go on Love Island? <laughs> it's a bit of a running joke between my friends and I that I should apply for Love Island. Like whenever I was single a good three, four years ago now, they were like, oh, you should do it. But I didn't feel confident enough to do it then. Um, whereas now I I was um, and I am. It started off as a bit of a joke. Like I didn't think I'd actually get on the show because, you know, the chances of it happening, I think there was like 100,000 plus applicants for this series. Like, it was, All right, so you definitely applied because I was like, oh, did she get I, yeah, I yeah, scouted or did you apply? Okay, so you applied. So I applied. It started off as a bit of a running joke between my friends and I. Like I, I remember my video application that I sent in I was in like a big baggy woolly jumper and like Disney PJ bottoms <laughs> I don't feel like I was probably the most glam contestant they had a buy but you know I think being completely myself probably put me in good favor of um in, in terms of other applicants like I wasn't contrived or forcing myself to be somebody that I wasn't yeah we were going to ask if one of the reasons why you wanted to go on Love Island is because you were sick of dating apps because we found oh. a tweet of yours about dating apps and it says I swear dating apps are the most inept way for some men to talk to women why do you think approaching people with the things I would do to you is okay yeah modern dating is not my friend I think so I am the only single friend in my friendship group a lot of my friends are married or in a very committed relationship so dating apps sound fun to marry people they're like yeah we want to see what you get up to and stuff like that so my friends love it but when you're actually the person in it it sucks like especially as like because I'm an Asian woman I get fetishized a lot on dating apps you know I get loads of comments like I look like a character from Fast and Furious just because she's Asian I get asked if I'm a banana what's a banana I'm so confused yeah I've never heard that yeah yellow yellow on the outside and white on the inside right because we say coconut for brown people yeah Interesting. so I, I am a banana apparently um or asked if I was a banana and I I didn't understand what that meant yeah so I asked I was like, apart from a fruit, what is a banana? Um, and apparently it is an Asian person that cannot speak an Asian language or cook the food. Okay. I dealt with a lot of that on dating apps. And I thought, do you know what? 
Like I have literally at this point, nothing left to lose in terms of applying for Love Island. If it happens, then I'll get to meet some amazing people and hopefully meet somebody that won't ask me if I'm a piece of fruit on a daily basis or refer to me as a character from a film. So um, I think there's a lot to, lot to be said about certain people on uh, dating apps. Was there any apps in particular that you had bad experiences on or... Because <laughs> we always people always come on our podcast and talk about Hinge being great. Uh, all dating apps were just as bad for me. I think oh, um, I had it on every single dating app. So I have been on Tinder since I've left the villa, and it's it's not as bad. Oh my god! It's not as bad now, but I think it's because people know me, and that if you say something bad to me, I will expose you for it. So yes. I think people are more aware of what they're saying to me now, whereas before, I think people were like, "I'm just going to say what comes to my head, even if it has no filter to it." Do they? Believe- believe it's you on tinder though or do they think it's a catfish yeah i wouldn't think it's really you uh no that is most of my conversation like trying to convince somebody it's me and i have said to them i was like if i was trying to be a catfish i'd probably be somebody a bit more interesting like um but also i think it's them trying to get me to follow them on instagram they'd be like oh if it's really you follow me on instagram it's like oh like yawn next (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but you could follow them and then unfollow them fast so they know no but it's the screenshot of being like yeah look who fo- look who just followed me on instagram like yeah. i really don't need to like i really oh. don't need that flying around group chats and things like that so i just for me it's kind of a bit like uh, i do get some good conversation from people but it's it's very rare <laughs> you're not opposed to meeting someone on a dating app post love island no, not at all. Like, I'm not really opposed. Like, I think for me, like, I am a relationship person. I do like to have that one person as my sounding board. And however you have to meet someone is however you have to meet someone. I think at this point, I've exhausted options. I've gone on national TV <laughs> and still didn't meet somebody. So um, I'm keeping a very open mind. Were you happy with the selection of dudes in there for you? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, they are all lovely guys. Like, I'm friends with all of them I get on with every single one of them they've all got amazing qualities but for me there was just nobody in there that I felt like understood me as a person I made it very clear in the beginning that I'm very headstrong and I'm very career driven and I need somebody who's willing to support that or like be happy for somebody I'm one of those people that if I'm in a relationship and my partner is doing better than me in whatever I'm supportive of that but I feel like as a woman you don't always get the same back like it's not always reciprocated if you're doing better than your partner yeah me and Raj both got annoyed when we were like watching you had really strong opinions and it seemed like when you were coupled up with Aaron it was like he didn't like that and I think like out of probably any of the contestants we probably relate to your character the most in that respect of being like so strong about what you want and your career and stuff yeah he did say he wanted someone who's like quietly confident but it was frustrating watching someone go for someone like you and then see that the things about you that make you who you are is actually what they don't want in the end yeah I think you know I did see a lot of like feedback from people on TikTok and YouTube when I said that I didn't care that Aaron was talking to other people and I saw the feedback that like she's running her mouth she clearly does care and actually like thinking back at it looking back at that clip I genuinely didn't care because I think I knew deep down in myself that Aaron was not the person for me like we get on as friends but realistically he wants somebody that will kind of take a bit more of a backseat like he likes to think he's the like 
I don't know, like a bit more of a breadwinner. traditional, yeah, a bit more of a breadwinner, a bit more of a traditional man role. Whereas for me, like I'm very modern in my relationships. Like I, I remember getting hate on Twitter for saying I don't mind paying for dates. And I think that was one of the things that Aaron was a bit like, uh, like what's this about? Um, mm, you just said, I don't mind paying. That's it. Yeah. Like literally I don't, I don't mind paying. Like I've asked guys out on dates. I don't mind paying for dates. I don't mind making the reservations. Like I'm very modern in that sense. If you want somebody and mm. you like somebody, then why not? Based on our brunch conversations, like, you know, there were things that we both said to each other. We're like, you know, we probably wouldn't go together. And I do remember getting upset, but I got upset not because he'd called things off. I got upset by the fact that I felt like my character had been completely assassinated by that conversation. And that, you know, the things I'm really passionate and I like about myself, I was now being told were not desirable. So I think that's what made me upset as opposed to like the relationship being terminated. Yeah, we're going to get into this properly later in our lessons. But um, have you watched all of your footage back yet or not? Uh, not all. I've watched bits of it, but obviously I realised that when you're in the villa, all you do is talk about each other. And I did see some clips from some of the boys I didn't appreciate. So I think just for my own sanity to not watch certain bits back. Yeah, definitely. Mm. One bit that was a shock for all of us was it was the night before recoupling. And I know you and Aaron had kind of, I guess, called it off. I don't really know. Called things off, let's say. And every night, though, the clips that we would see is you two cuddling, being very romantic in bed together, holding each other's hands all night. And then the next day he coupled up with Kaz. And it was then that the viewers found out that they had this friendship because we never saw that before at all. Like we were never shown, we didn't even know that Aaron and Kaz talked, I have to be honest. It was crazy. Um, So did you see that coming? And what was going on in bed every night? Like what's it like, were you guys still together then or were you completely done? Um, I think it was very mixed signals on Mm. his behalf even though we'd called things off we did have very good chemistry and I think there was a lot of attraction there between the both of us at that time Aaron is a very affectionate person so I think that just felt very natural to him whereas I think you know realistically in the real world if someone had said what they what he'd said to me I wouldn't be as like romantically inclined with them I would have probably slept in the doghouse but I think I put my foot down and said I'm not sleeping in the doghouse because this is my bed like the the boys moved beds when there was recoupling so I've been in that bed since day one I'm not moving to the doghouse because you're unhappy with the situation if anyone's leaving it's you so I think it was very mixed signals on his behalf we did talk it out at a lot of different points obviously because I've not watched everything back I don't know really what was aired but I did have a conversation with him about it and said, look, I feel like you completely blindsided me. I don't feel like you took my feelings into consideration with everything going on and some of the reasons he used for us no longer pursuing anything. I felt like, you know, it was about him and never about us or about me. So I think it was it was confusing at the time and looking back on it, I was probably like, why did I do something so stupid? But, you know, that's what happens when you're in a very intense environment, I think. I did expect him to pick Kaz though. Um, because I did see their friendship. Like they were very much brother sister vibes. Although they did have a kiss that we were surprised by. They, it was <laughs> yeah. a bit too long. We were snog. like, oh, they're in, a game, in a game, in a game. I was yeah. thinking, I was like, what kiss was that? Um, the cat and mouse challenge. Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah, no, um, I think that took me by surprise. But um, I did expect him to pick Kaz. And I did see Aaron and Hugo having very in depth conversations before the recoupling. So I think they were trying to work out like what they were going to do. And Aaron pulled me for a chat after he'd picked Kaz in the recoupling and said, Look, I feel like it'd be better for both of us because 
bombshells were coming in and were very confused by my and Aaron's situation. And he was like, it'd be better for both of us now if we cut things completely. We're not sharing a bed together. There's no confusion and we can move on and speak to other people. And I said to him that after everything Kaz had been through, I cared more about Kaz and how she felt than I did myself at this point. Um, and I think I would have been angry had Aaron not saved Kaz. And I did say that to him at the time. And, you know, we hugged things out and moved on very quickly from that. So I, I expected it and I wasn't, I didn't feel mugged off or upset by it. Like I was, I was happy that he made that decision. Watching some of the YouTube videos back today, I was like, it's mad how much the stories like the change and relationships and there's like chopping and changing. What's the atmosphere like when someone gets piled off maybe and you've literally got to still see them or like see them like cracking on with someone else? Oh, I think it very much depends on your person. I can't be bothered to hold grudges. Like I'm not going to lie. I'm very lazy on that sense. I don't think it's worth my time, effort, nor energy to be invested in a grudge. So for me, like watching Aaron crack on with like Lucinda and stuff, it didn't bother me at all. You know, it's the aim of the game. I knew it was going to happen. Um, and Lucinda's a stunning girl. So yeah, I didn't feel any type of way about it. I feel like if you were with somebody for longer and it got messy, like Kaz and Toby, I do think, you know, it, there was a little bit of tension between them. But I think because you spend so much time with each other, tension slowed down very quickly. And we did see in Sunday's episode that Kaz and Toby have now built a good friendship. I think time is a very good healer in that sense. But it is all, it can be a bit awkward for the first couple of days after, especially if you have to share a bed. Mm. And how involved do the producers get? Like if two people aren't getting on or something's going on, like did you guys get told off about anything? Did you get like sort of given advice about how to handle things or did they tell you guys to go and have chats with each other? And um, like I that? do think that they, they do have some involvement and I do think that, you know, they're, they are there for guidance. Like if I wasn't sure about how to handle something that I could ask her about it. I think for me, they probably gave me less guidance because I'm not really the type of person that will listen to somebody else um, unless I feel like it's going to benefit me. So me personally, I didn't feel like producers had that much involvement maybe compared to other people, but they are, they are around and you can, talk to them about how you feel about things you know if you don't want islanders to know about it so they're there and involvement very much varies depending on the, the islander itself did you get told off for anything <laughs> um i think <laughs> well, i think i got told off for a lot of different things if i was in a bad mood i knew the cameras would have to get turned off if i got undressed so i think there was a time where i got in a really bad mood and i took my bikini top off and sat on the floor <laughs> um, I, yeah, I do remember that one situation and they were like Sharon please can you just get dressed because we have to turn all the cameras off while you do that I don't feel like I got told off a lot but I do think that I was like I'm quite a feisty character so if I if I was like someone said something to me and I didn't like it I'd be like I'm not doing that <laughs> like, so yeah I didn't I didn't get told off as much as I thought I would I wasn't a naughty islander so it's okay are there naughty islanders I feel like Faye got told off a lot <laughs> I feel like Faye got told off a lot but for like really silly things like really random things but like they're not harmful it's just it's all part of the fun like feeling like a kid again because you're on a big holiday we were talking earlier about um how you haven't watched episodes back necessarily but there was one situation that um happened between you Faye and Hugo where you had a fight and you guys got upset about some of the comments he was making I don't feel like we really got to see much of your side of that and why his comments um because he kept using the word fake upset you can you explain what your reason was behind that 
I think people forget that what you see is one hour of a 30 hour filming period. Um, so the full story in the build up to that argument really wasn't shown. I have seen a lot of backlash comments to that being like, I'm insecure and I'm hating on somebody for their preference. It's not the fact that he prefers natural girls that upsets me. That's completely okay. For me, there was a build up 24, 48 hours before that game started of specific comments about specific Islanders, Faye being one of them, about appearance and cosmetic surgery. And because I was friends with Hugo, I, I feel like I'd let comments slide for the sake of like keeping peace in the villa. Yeah. Um, I think it, when it got to that game and it felt like group humiliation, like when you say something about somebody's appearance mm. in front of a lot of people, um, that annoyed me. It wasn't just Hugo that annoyed me in that game, actually. Like I, I did say in the beach chart after that, I regret being as angry as I was towards Hugo because not all of the anger that I had was directed at him. I did feel like, maybe, you know, I came across too strong towards him. But I don't regret what I said. At the end of the day, I was defending my friend. I've got a very protective nature about people that I'm very close to and people I love. And I would have done that for anyone. Like if anyone had made comments about any of the guys or girls I would have said the exact same thing for me it's a negative connotations when it comes to the language that he used I've had a very difficult journey in terms of my cosmetic procedures and why I felt like I wanted to have them done or felt like I needed to have them done it's not an easy thing I think people think cosmetic procedure is easy it's an easy way out you know you, you do it because you're vain about yourself but actually there's like I feel like there's a lot of psychological and emotional well-being that comes with procedures and a lot of surgeons have to delve into that to make sure you're doing it for the right reasons and I've been very open with Hugo about a lot of things in my life and vice versa and I felt like if he felt a type of way about something that we were in a good relationship where you could have said something to me or asked a question I would never have been offended I don't see myself as fake even though I've had cosmetic procedures done um, and I do not want anybody in the world who has ever had anything done from their hair dyed to like a breast augmentation to feel a type of way because they've already had to deal with the emotional and psychological trauma of having to go through it in the first place or why they felt like they needed it done that conversation was a lot longer than was shown and obviously when I did see Hugo getting upset, I felt upset because I didn't want to exacerbate the situation by upsetting somebody else. And, you know, Hugo took some time out, like calmed himself down. And when he came back in, like I went up to him straight away and was like, oh, I didn't want to upset you. I didn't want to make you upset, but I just want, I needed to tell you why I was upset. I think watching that clip back of that game, all of the boys sat around the fire pit, didn't know who annoyed me because I feel like a lot of them had said something that annoyed me. And there was a lot of comments made in that game towards women and their appearance. And again, with the, with the things that I've spoken to you guys about race, I felt like there was a lot of comments that were being thrown around and not people thinking about the repercussions of the words they were using. When we're watching it, we see the guys talk about dark hair, dark features a lot. And we're like, what does that mean? Because we think we're dark hair, dark features. And we saw Brad say to, he like jumped on Rachel as soon as she came in, you are my type, dark hair, dark features. And then as soon as Lucinda comes in, that's now his type. But he described Lucinda as dark, yeah. dark features as well. And it's like, for us, we look at Lucinda, we're like, okay, but she doesn't have dark features. So what does everyone mean? Because like, when a girl says tall, dark and handsome, I think it's quite... It's either that someone's very tanned or they're black or they're Asian or they're, I don't you know, know what it means either. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But then the dark hair, dark features thing is even more confusing, like when it comes to a mm. girl, because Lucinda apparently falls into that category 
according to Brad. No, that's what really threw me because Aaron describes his type of dark hair, dark features, but Lucinda's got green eyes and blonde hair. Mm. So to me, like to me, I'm dark hair, dark features. Yeah. Like I naturally have very like almost black hair. Yes. And, you know, brown eyes and like Asian heritage skin. So I was like, uh, like I'm really confused because all of these lads describe that as their type, but I'm the one that's single and I'm the one that's technically closest to their type. So <laughs> that really threw me off. Um, yeah. Referring to somebody as dark features wasn't the problem. I think an Islander had used a word when describing his type. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Being mixed race that wasn't appropriate. Hmm. So okay. when I turned around to Hugo and said, I would never judge somebody based on their race, it wasn't me comparing something. It was just that somebody had made a comment about mixed race people and it was sitting in my mind. I probably didn't get it out in the right way. And I probably did upset a lot of people by saying what I said. And I didn't mean it to be like that. Mm. But for me, like I, I got to the point of frustration where, you know, and I, I wasn't the only one that felt like this, but I felt like everyone was describing dark hair, dark features of their type, but then not pursuing that does it mean what still white basically always does it actually still mean white but dark hair dark features um i think it basically means like yeah very tanned white dark hair dark eyes that's yeah. what my interpretation was when i was in there and that's how i felt it came across and you know i know that i'm not the only islander that felt that when they were in there yeah like people go mental that sama got no attention i don't understand how she is incredible like so gorgeous mm. and like you know mm. I found it hard to watch Kaz like with guys coming in and a lot of people describing tanned skin as their type to her which obviously doesn't work because she's a black mm -hmm. woman you know and I think it's hard and I think for me like I found it super challenging it's even worse because in real life if somebody said that to me I can leave not engage that person ever again in the villa you can't leave you know emotions are heightened because in the villa they are your friends your family everything because you have no contact with anyone else so yeah I just feel like it was it was a very pressured situation when it came to describing people's types and I felt like the guy's type was not varied like people like different things and that's okay but I felt like a lot of the guys that were picked to go into the villa had the same type which doesn't work if you have a diverse yeah. cast if you have a diverse cast you need people that like different things yeah that was one thing that was really interesting yeah this year because all the girls and you were like oh I don't really have a type majority of the girls didn't have a type and they were like it's more about the feel yeah. like so I like short guys I like tall guys I like this I like that and that was quite refreshing actually this year because I feel like that was again one of the first times that that's happened because before everyone did have a type and it was always tall dark and handsome but let's just move on to Hugo real quick because there was a time when you caught feelings <laughs> for Hugo <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what? Like, I think I did see a lot of people where, where they were like, Sharon's clutching at straws because she wants to save herself in the villa. When actually, I knew that if AJ hadn't picked Hugo, Hugo would always pick me because we had a very strong bond. And I'm one of those people that relationships grow, like chemistry grows when you know somebody better. Yeah. Because everybody I've dated is so physically different, I need to know somebody on a different level before I can even like consider any kind of emotion towards them 
Hugo to me is a very good looking guy. And that, because I was coupled up with Hugo for like like 90% of the time I was there, I'd spent so much time with him. And we would sit on the swings and just talk about random rubbish. Like I remember having really long conversations about why Hugo doesn't like condiments. And it's stuff like uh-huh. that. Like I know it sounds <laughs> really strange, but it's like having weird conversations like that where you literally feel no pressure to get to know somebody that makes you be able to build that good connection with them. So, you yeah. know, I felt something could potentially have worked but because the boys are so set in their mind about what their type is I didn't fit in that small box I don't know Sharon yeah because Hugo then got with Amy who like you know again he was like I don't I like very natural girls Uh, you know we can see Amy's had the work done and stuff as well and it was just really weird because it was just like we thought he really liked Amy and he really wanted to get with her and then he's gone on after sun this week and been like, my journey in the villa was tragic. And Amy's standing next to him thinking they're in a couple. Yeah. And that's how she found out how Hugo feels about her. <laughs> what is the deal with Hugo? Like, Because I watched after sun and like she was rinsing him. She was like, Hugo just is not good with women. Yeah. yeah what is going on? What is your take on this? <laughs> Do you know what? At first I thought, like when I was there, I thought maybe, you know, he's just not one of those people for compromise. Like for me, every relationship is about mm. compromise. You will never find, yeah. you will never ever find a person who is every single thing you want. You just have to find somebody who ticks the big boxes and that you can like, you can spend your life with. But I feel like, you know, maybe he wasn't at that stage where he'd understood that. Uh, a lot of the conversations Hugo and I had about past relationships and endeavours were from his uni days, which we know when you play sports at uni, it is a very different ball game to being in a very serious, committed relationship. I want to say there's no malice behind what he's doing. And I think he's unaware of other people's feelings when he says specific things. Yeah. That's what she said, basically. Yeah. That she he thinks that. about himself and doesn't think like... Oh, this girl standing next to me. She was savage. She was like, it's the Hugo show, of course. And I was just like, ah. <laughs> I mean, listen, like he needs to become self-aware. <laughs> yeah. But you know what though? I feel like I've been Amy when I had that conversation with Hugo about the fake stuff. And I know I'm not, Amy and I are not the only girls that have had those conversations with Hugo. So if it's not just me that's saying something and Amy that's saying something, but is he able to disagree if it's more than one person? I don't know. Like, I do think he's a good guy, but I think lack of self-awareness comes into mind. How would you have felt even if you had snogged, right? And he had said job done after snogging you. I don't think I'd be able to put into words how I'd feel if he said job done. Like watching it, it gave me the it. <laughs> like if someone had said job <laughs> yeah. done to me, I'd be like, what the hell? Like I know in Casa Amor, it is a game like to get to the main villa. Like you do have to just put up with whatever to get there so you know I thought that Amy was kind of like trying to brush it under the carpet so she could try and continue something else to get to the main villa but like you know I think it's again it's that uni mentality thing I think it's really weird like you know if you would like pull someone on a night out at uni and then like you know be like oh job done the next day but obviously you can't say that yeah. when you're in a committed you wouldn't relationship you want to say it to them you yeah, wouldn't well. say it bang straight you after the kiss I hope not oh, oh my god, god. Is he? We're, we're, we're making out like he's not very old but he's got to be of age surely 24 25 he's a teacher <laughs> still young come on I mean he told me he called me his little sister and I'm older than him so uh that took me by surprise I remember thinking okay this is a weird conversation to have I was like not only am I being pied on national tv I am also being patronised. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, that God. was awkward to watch. That yeah, was really awkward. Was, Sorry, I mean, you know, so, it, so much happens. It's like, oh, my God, yeah, but little sister, that was weird. 
that was weird very strange for me I was like okay cool like (laughs) what do I do now it's like can I can this bed just swallow me up whole but no being in the villa is a very weird game so you tweeted that um it's shameful the amount of times I've been told I need a BBL by the way the guys talking about your body not saying we live for the guys to say how nice your body is they all banged on about how great your body is and so did everybody else who the hell is telling you that you need a BBL? Um, actually, so I've now filtered BBL as one of my words that doesn't come up in my comments. So if anyone wants to make a comment saying that I need a BBL, I'm never going to see it and neither will anyone else. So don't waste your time. But um, I think it was when... That's a good little tip, that. Yeah, like you can filter comments now. So I will never see it and neither will anyone else. So yeah, people are just wasting their own time. But I think there was an outfit that I wore to an event. It was like a shirt dress and like a cutout. And because shirts are baggy... It wasn't clinging to my bum. So when there was a photo from like behind, it looked like I had no bum. Even if you don't, it's not really a place for you to comment on somebody else's body. But yeah, I've had comments from guys being like, "You, this girl needs a BBL. BBL is a dangerous cosmetic procedure, right? I don't think we should be seen to be encouraging people to do that. I have no shade against anyone who wants one, who, who has had one or is going to get one, if that's your choice. But don't inflict your opinion on what other other people's bodies should look like on that person. Because I'm actually, my bum is probably one of the parts of my body that I've never had any, like I've never looked at my bum and been like, oh, I don't like it. Like it's one part of my body that I did like. So to see something said to me about that, I was a bit like, oh, like, cool. Another thing that somebody wants me to change about myself. Yeah, I think I've just filtered it out now. I'm like, I'm not interested in what anyone else thinks about my body because it's mine, it's healthy, and it's got me through a pandemic and lots of other things. So I'm trying, I don't take it to heart, but it's, it's mostly men that make those comments to me as opposed to women. That's disgusting. That's very interesting. I did say last week someone tried to make me feel very uh, insecure about my boobs, but I feel like men, just shut the fuck up, please. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Stop. We literally don't care. All right, so we're going to move on to our pop culture thank you next. So you're going to tell us something that you want to say thank you next to that has happened recently in your life so i want to say thank you next to tabloids making out that every male friend of mine is a love interest we saw i think you went with you met aaron or brad or you had a suitcase and then it was like she's staying with him oh my god because she's got a suitcase so i think there was four islanders three from this series and one from series five that i have now in a love thing with which is nice to know that i am dating i didn't know so thank you to the sun yeah the first one was because i had a conversation in a club with an ex-islander from series five which was nice i get why you see people would think that from the screenshots but if you were literally there we literally had a five minute conversation and then moved on brad and i walking down the street to the sushi restaurant we were not even like holding hands or anything like that that was also weird we didn't we did quite find it quite funny to be fair because someone asked me in a QA, did i fancy brad and i said who doesn't fancy brad because he's a very good looking guy mm. so yeah that probably sparked those photos the suitcase thing was with chugs oh I, yeah, I left an event. So I was staying in London the night before and he messaged me saying, are you still in London? I am. Let's have lunch. So I brought my suitcase because I left the hotel. <laughs> so everyone's like, she's staying with him. I was thinking, what, with his parents? Like, no. 
<laughs> and also, why would you have the suitcase then? Surely the suitcase would be at the house. Right? <laughs> it's actually so interesting, though, how we can just take a screenshot of anything and then say what we want. Like, I could have you and, I don't know, my brother and be like, Sharon got on it with my brother just standing there. Like, it's insane. I've seen loads of videos on TikTok and it's it's you at, at lunch with someone because you can't see the person you're at lunch with. I'm assuming it's Aaron, right? And it's from an account. It actually keeps coming up on my FYP. It's an account that is pretending to be Aaron. And um, it says, oh, my God, I'm catching feelings again. And I was like, oh, my God, Aaron's being really ballsy with this bear checking his fake account. But what would it be a picture from behind where you can't see his face? Wouldn't it no, be it was like, like as the if table? like the person's, Aaron's taking the video. It's like POV from Aaron. Do you get it? So it's yeah. like just Sharon like at the right. table, like doing stuff at the at the lunch table, dinner table. And you're just like, oh, OK. But um, it's just that's what's happening on TikTok. But Aaron and I have had a good laugh about that account. I think it is Aaron's actual account, but he's been hacked. Oh, so no they've way. been posting. I think it's his backup TikTok account. Shit. Um, because he has oh mentioned God. it in his main account, so I've been so I've been told. And it's been hacked. And they are posting some very interesting videos. I've seen videos of pigs, lots of <laughs> random things, but a lot of them are about me. You know, I literally messaged Aaron was like, do something about this account. Like, get it taken down. I don't care what you have to oh. do because I'm getting so many messages like on Instagram being like, Are you gonna have Aaron's babies? Are you and Aaron <gasps> a thing? Like, and then I've, and then I've got loads of angry like feminist comments being like, don't take Aaron back because he's horrible. Like, I'm like, guys, just stop. Like, where is this all coming from? It's an account that's been hacked. So yeah, it does it does make me laugh. But I think because I'm a woman, I get it more. Like, the articles are Sharon and Guy, not Guy and Sharon. Mm. It's me that's being targeted and not them. Like, I have male best friends, and like, he's turned around to me and said, "Are we going to be able to go out and have?" a drink together at the pub if we're now going to be photographed together as a love interest because he doesn't want that to impact his dating life either. Yeah. So like, you know, is this going to impact my friendship with men that are in my life already? Like, why are we not allowed to have friends of the opposite opposite gender? That's mm. just a major that problem. That makes it very hard. Because I've got a lot of male friends and everyone's always like, but don't you fancy them? Oh, but why haven't you gone out with them? And blah, 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 blah. Even Hardy, remember with Haroon, you were like, why don't you just get with Haroon? I still don't see you in a rom- in the romantic setting really deep down with these But you people. still said it. But that could work <laughs> yeah I still said it still so said it. it's just like even, you know you've got all this added pressure but even before that like how did people handle you having male friends was that a problem before as well I think it was mainly a problem with one of my exes I used to get called names by phone call if I was out with one of my male friends at a pub so it has caused issues in my relationships and I think it maybe have impacted them when it came to dating because they can't believe that an attractive person can be friends with another attractive person and nothing happened. But I've been friends with these male friends for like 10 plus years. And realistically, if I wanted something to happen, I would have made it known a long time ago. It would have already happened. So I think it's caused issues like in both of us dating and like friendship wise. But, you know, I think he's done a thing in the past where he's like stopped being friends with me for the sake of being in a relationship and realizing actually that's not the right way to go because the person you're with should accept your friends. Mm. I think it's finding the right balance. You said about getting the angry feminist comments and people coming at you like, don't go back to Aaron. That is how I feel about Millie and Liam. Yeah. What do you think of that situation? Should she have gone back? I don't think she should have. I think she deserves better. But equally, they've worked things out now. And if she's happy then that's her right to make that decision. Like, we can't make that decision for her. But yeah, I, if I was Millie, I wouldn't wouldn't have gone back there. Had to ask. Just had to ask. <laughs> um, it was, yeah. you, uh... 
And before we move on, like, so is this um, the door closed to any islanders, any island men for you? Uh, is the door closed or is it still a little bit open for any of these guys? For any of the guys I've met, they are friends and family and that is it. That door is closed. Um, <laughs> you know, um, obviously I've not met the Castor and more boys yet. Um, hey. <laughs> I like Dale. Dale. It's oh, like Matthew. Little... Matthew's hot. Boys. Matthew's really hot. Yeah, Matthew is hot. But like the Castor and more boys, where were you earlier when I was in there? Please. Thank you. Like I've not met any of them yet and we are in a group chat and there is good bands flying around and now we don't have the pressure of cameras being in your face. Very easy to get to know somebody. So I'm not closing the door on every male Islander that I've, the, the ones that I've been hanging out with, they are like family, like brothers and that's, that's done. <laughs> good to know. <laughs> Thank you, Next. So we're going to get on to lesson one. So one taught me. To leave your job if you're undervalued. What, have you done this? Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. I was in a situation where hobbies had take, taken me to a really good opportunity. And I felt like they were not a, allowing me to take that. And it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. If someone had turned around to their job and said, I want to take my legally allowed annual leave that I've not taken for the whole year to go on a two week holiday, that would have been fine. But because I'm using my two week holiday to pursue a hobby that was looked down upon by colleagues. So, you know, I said, well, actually, I've done my stint in this position. Let's move me to another one. Then if you're not going to allow me to take my legally allowed annual leave that I have not taken and it's coming to the year end. That was the first time I did it. And it was nerve wracking because I was so young. I think I was only 21 when I did that. Um, Is this your pageant stuff? Yeah. So I have seen articles about it, actually, since I've come out that colleagues said that I took loads of time off to do pageants. That's bull crap to a certain extent because I took my legally allowed annual leave to pursue a hobby. But you would never have said that to anyone else if they were going away for two weeks to go surfing. And like golfing or something. Yeah, or you're, you're looking down on my hobby because you don't understand it or you don't approve. But actually, I don't need anyone's work approval to, for my outside life as long as it's not affecting my job. So that, that for me was the first time that I was like, you know, I've, I've had enough of being undervalued and underappreciated in this position. I'm ready to move on. As I've got older, I've been a lot harder in leaving jobs where I feel underappreciated. You know, I think the time I did it after that, I got on a weekend break with my ex. We went to Paris. I walked back into the office that week and said, I'm done. I moved to another department and like taking control of my career in that sense and telling people when I feel undervalued, underappreciated, it's only put me in a good position. Since I started to do that and knowing my worth in my job, my career has gone to a very good trajectory and I've come into myself a lot more. I'm more confident about my ability to do my job. I feel like it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I wanted to ask because I have a friend who's gone through similar. Um, so me and Harley are in very, uh, what's the word? What can we say? arty farty industries right and um like so my mates in hr and your job like just i'm gonna say it's a serious job right (laughs) yeah yeah there's no messing around in this one (laughs) it's a proper job it's a is it like a corporate environment what's what how do you describe the environment do you have to wear a suit i was there with my brightly colored tailored trousers and big blouses so you know i wasn't a very like black and white suit person but i never will be (laughs) every department has a different vibe every team has a different vibe um so i've worked in teams where it's very relaxed like very like everyone's very friendly everyone gets on really well and i've worked in environments where they're very corporate i tend to get on better with a less corporate environment because i'm very much people person and i like to be friends with the people that i'm working with it can be challenging depending on the team that i end up working with are they more judgy about women being a if their women are pretty like then they can't be good at their job because my mates experience this at the moment so the fact that you went on a pageant and that didn't sit well with them 
Do you think it's something to do with that? That like, if you're in this world, you've got to be like this. This is the box that you have to fit into. And if you're outside of that, then we're not really going to take you as seriously. Yeah, I definitely felt that. Like how I entered my career, I did it through an apprenticeship. So I was 18 when I signed up to it. Being an 18-year-old girl from a very small town, in the countryside to going to the big city and working with people that had been in their career for goodness knows how long was a big transition for me. And I do remember one colleague making consistent jibes at the fact that I wear makeup to work or that I wear what I wear to work. Yeah. A lot of people wear makeup yeah. to work. But it was, all, do you know what hit me harder is that it was a woman that was making these comments to me. I felt like I was being unfairly targeted because I was young and because I took value in like putting like if I'm, it, I do it for me I don't imp- I do it to impress anyone at work like never I think I remember one comment turning around be like yeah you strike me as the type of girl that wears lip liner as if it was an insult and I was like yeah I do what's the problem what's wrong with lip liner I don't know but like you're like you strike me as a type of person to wear x y and z and I'm, I'm just like looking around being like is anyone going to say anything or are you just going to let this person say these things to me consistently in an open office environment mm. So I do feel like there'd be times where I was underestimated or, you know, you'd see my name on the top of a CV and my name sounds like a very, like an older person. And then I'd rock up to an interview and they'd be like, like, what happened here? Like, is Mm. this the person we were, are you the same person on the CV? But um, I do feel like at times in certain jobs and in certain teams, I did feel targeted based on the fact that I'd like to wear makeup and I did pageants as a hobby. You know what? I've had that as well, especially when I worked in news. But even when I was doing like breakfast shows back in the day at radio and it's like, we're in radio. Like, why do you give a shit? So the people that had an issue was like 5 a.m. We would start doing our show and I'd be wearing eyeliner because I always wear eyeliner. And it's just like everyone had an issue that I was wearing eyeliner. Like, do you have to come to work every day with makeup on? Do you have to do that? And I forgot about that, but you just remind me of that. And I just think it's so strange, but it's like, what are you projecting onto me? Is it an insecurity of yours, like that you can't do eyeliner? No, I think it's jealousy because um, you look nice and you, you've got a hobby and some people are like a little bit lost, which is not, not a nice feeling, but they don't have something to be excited about themselves and you rock up looking like pretty and nice and you put some effort in and you've got your hobbies that you're excited about. Someone who's in this corporate job who's just like, I don't know, probably miserable. They look at you and they're like, Fuck, I wish I had that life. But it does make you feel like shit a bit because you are a bit like, what? <clears throat> Let's just come yeah, to work. It's not nice to feel. It must be because they can't do eyeliner because I'm not going to lie. I was looking at your eyeliner thinking like, I wish I could do mine like that. Yeah, but yours looks the same as mine. <laughs> <laughs> it takes so much practice. I've been learning to do eyeliner for years and it's like sometimes it just goes wrong but um like I think it is literally that they are projecting their insecurities on you and I think that's a very toxic environment to be in especially at work because you spend so much of your time there and you feel like if you say something it might jeopardize your progression and your development Mm -hmm. that's mad isn't it I had an issue recently at work where I wanted to speak up about something and I was scared because I was like well, this might make me look like a problem or stick out and I just want to be like a good little worker. I was like, I don't want to be the one who's like shouting that this is unfair and this is wrong. Yeah, something we need to address, I guess. No, definitely, I agree. I feel like it does unfairly target people that have characteristics that make them different anyway. Like, I feel like if you're a heterosexual white man in the workplace, it probably doesn't impact you as much as, you know, if you are part of the LGBTQ plus community or if you are a different race, or if you're a woman, I think I feel like saying something, if you're part of those varieties of categories, you look like a problem. Whereas if you were a white heterosexual man, you probably 
you wouldn't look like a problem. Mm. You'd probably get commended for making the point. And um, when someone else makes that point, it's like an issue. It's really annoying. Yeah. That's how I've always felt anyway. Like you might be different for other people in work environments, but not how I felt. We did see um, also when we're Googling you in prep for this, that you said that a scene of you talking about your sexuality with Faye had got cut out. Do you think that happened on purpose or do you just think, oh, they need to cut it down? Um, I don't think it happened on purpose. I feel like if it was a longer conversation, it might have been aired. I think it was on the back of the Horny Devils Challenge, obviously, when I made a, a comment that I've had sexual experiences with women. Yeah. I think Faye just turned around to me and she was like, you know, we have quite a blunt friendship. She'll just turn around and ask me a question and I'd answer it. Um, she asked me if, if I am bisexual and I said to her that, you know, I've never been in a relationship with a woman. I think, you know, I was more curious about it at the time. And it kind of happened and I've not really been in a situation with another woman since. So I think, you know, if it was more in-depth conversation, it might have been aired as opposed to like it being very short and like quite blunt. Mm. So yeah, I think it was more like, I think the conversation was more me kind of saying like, I, I don't know. And that's probably why we didn't get aired. Mm. I just thought it was interesting because it was only mentioned from what we saw once really really briefly i guess it doesn't fit with the narrative of the show because you know what well, how would it help it doesn't help the i think you are given a character to play and then i think the candid conversations i've had about race and sexuality didn't fit my character necessarily so maybe they were cut from the show for that reason what was your character uh, i feel like i was there to be a bit of a bitch i'm not gonna lie I no. felt like I was brought into... Hmm. No, honestly, I feel like at times... Because people have come up to me in public and said, you are so different in real life to how I expected you to be from the show. Because I am direct, that is part of my person, but I am also like a very open, friendly person. Like, I feel like I'm approachable and I feel like that didn't come across in the show. Or oh, it came across that way that you and Faye from the start were very direct. Whereas yeah. if you contrast that with someone like Lucinda it's like oh but Lucinda didn't say yeah. anything you know that's a massive contrast oh my god I don't so what are you saying thank you next to I'm saying thank you next to being undervalued at your job and saying thanks but uh next so we're on to lesson two so one taught me that having lack of support in a relationship is unacceptable spill the tea uh, I feel like I feel again I think it was shown in the villa that because I am direct and very career-driven person that sometimes it might make a man feel emasculated or maybe question what they're doing with their career as I've gotten older the people I've dated necessarily didn't support where I wanted to go where I saw myself I do remember a conversation with somebody being like why are you going back to study for your second degree if you don't need it for your current job because you're doing well enough as you are. And it's like, it's not about doing well enough as I am. It's about being the best version of me I, I can be. And having your education, having your degree is something that no one will ever be able to take away from you no matter what they do. So for, yeah, for me, I felt like in that relationship, I was really under-supported. More recently when I was dating at the back end of last year, I felt like I was being penalized for having a successful career because the person that I was seeing didn't know where they were going with their career. And, you know, that I was told that it was luck, that I was where I am because of luck. It frustrated me to no end because it's got nothing to do with luck. I was working while you were busy partying and it's not my fault that that's now where you've got to. I was a carer when I was a teenager because my mum was unwell. I worked at McDonald's, you probably saw that. Like, 
in the sun. Those pictures of me working at Mackey's. I didn't see it. I love a fish fillet. Tell me all the secrets of making a fish fillet. <laughs> <laughs> it is basically a giant fish finger fried, but you steam the buns. Buns are steamed. Yeah, the, the buns are so good. The tartar sauce. I love that plastic cheese. Mm. You only get half a slice of cheese in a fillet, not a whole slice of cheese. I order extra cheese and extra tartar sauce. But did working at McDonald's put you off McDonald's for life? Yeah, for a long time. Like, oh, I can't cool. eat it as often as other people do. Like, on a night out, we're like, let's go to Mackey's. And I'm like, oh, no. Uh, yeah, like, I've always been a hardworking person pretty much from the age of 16. Like, I went to McDonald's, had no... Like, I don't know why people tried to make it out like I was ashamed of it. I bought my first car working at McDonald's. I did all the hours that were given to me to, like, be able to put myself in a good position. I worked at co-op after that. You know, I went to my career at 18. I don't care what anyone says to you about my teenage jobs because we've all had them. So I've always been very hardworking and I don't feel like it's always supported in relationships. And that's why I'm single. I want somebody who's going to accept me as I am like fiery direct and support my career and doesn't care if I am doing better than them like is happy for that to happen um, and that's very hard to find yeah I mean we saw a bit of that in the villa when you made a comment about what car do you want a lime green what is it a lime green Aston Martin DVX <laughs> there you go and it was like that one line Aaron got shook he was like saying to the boys like yeah oh, man, she wants a lime green Aston Martin like he was like this ain't gonna work on the outside I think he tried to spin it to be a material thing. That you're flashy. Well, I had a, a separate conversation with him after we called things off to talk about the things that I'd heard that he'd been saying about me because I wanted to call him out on it. And I said to him, look, I come from a family of immigrants. My dad's second generation, my mum's first generation. They came here with nothing. And I've been taught that hard work gets you what you want. My mum's one of 12 children and grew up in a country where poverty is everywhere. My dad grew up with free school meals and like my grandparents were owning the house they lived in. And like he wasn't from a very low socioeconomic background. My dad's done extremely well for himself. And he's, my dad is like my role model in a sense that he's worked so hard that my brother and I never had to want for anything or never had to question where our next meal was coming from. And I said to him, I was like, you know, you can call me flashy, but I want to be in a position where if I, if I ever decide to have children, or like my godchildren and my friends' children, that they will never have to worry about anything because I've worked hard enough to be able to give them the life that they need to be stable. If you can call that flashy if you want, but I call it like learning from my parents and working hard to get what I want. And I mean, an Aston Martin DBX is like a £200,000 car. So the chances of that happening is quite low anyway, but a girl can dream. And I think it's not fair to target someone based on their aspirations. When the guy walks around in trainers at like 500 to £700, pounds, yeah, I don't yeah, wear yeah. trainers that cost that much. Much, like no, yeah their trainers are like two grand do you know what I mean like the deal yeah. ones and all of that you're just like okay there. so can you call me flashy because I want a car that realistically I'm never going to be able to afford versus when you've dropped 2k on a pair of your trainers mm. like I've got my mortgage to pay you've bought your trainers which one of us is really flashy it's true and it, mm. it did bring up that thing about emasculating men and this is something that my mates say to me quite a bit that oh that, that happened because he felt emasculated by you and it's just like, but why do I have to walk around worrying about demasculating whatever the word is, men? How often does this come up for you? Is this a big issue that is just recurring? Yeah, all of the time. And I actually think I get it from my mum, obviously, because of like where she's from. Women tend to be very like quiet. Okay. Subservient. I think is the right word, maybe. Yeah. Whereas I've kind of seen how women get treated in 
Asia and I'm like I'm not having that for me like I'm fortunate enough to be somewhere that accepts me as I am and if I turn around to a partner and say I don't like what you're doing my mom would be like, oh, don't be mean to them because they might like turn around and like leave. And I'd be like, well, good, like leave. If you're going to be horrible to me, I'm going to say what I feel back to you. But you would never get a man walking around worrying if he's made a woman feel uncomfortable. Hmm. So why is it that we are constantly having to change ourselves and put ourselves into a smaller box to fit their need and benefit them? Why isn't somebody changing how they feel to benefit me? Like if Aaron and I were in a serious relationship and we're considering children, why is it that I have to change my career to accommodate that? Why is he not changing his to accommodate me? Mm. Realistically, mm. like it's a male ego thing, not just with him, like with a lot of people. Mm. I always find that an interesting kind of convert to have with people to see where they fall and if they're open in any way. Yeah, it's very rare. Yeah, I was just thinking about other types of support in relationships. And I mean, one thing that we've seen play out recently is the Faye and Teddy thing. And Faye's very insecure Obviously, she needs a lot of support. Teddy's kind of still giving it to her, but there's still so many issues. So like, what do you think needs to happen in that relationship for things to move in a decent direction? I think while it's on camera, it's going to be very hard because obviously yeah. you don't know what you say gets put out. And I think that Faye is actually a softy at heart. Like she is the mum of the villa. Um, you know, she always makes sure everyone's okay. She always used to make me bedtime tea to make sure that, you know, I wasn't oh. like waking up with a sore throat in the morning from the air con. Like she is genuine softy at heart. And I think not only when you're in there and in a situation like Feddy, you're vulnerable to the person, but you're also vulnerable to the camera. I feel like there's a lot of things that Faye wants to tell Teddy and open up to about, which needs to happen for the relationship to progress. But I don't feel like the environment they're in is fostering that. Yeah. Teddy, in my mind, is an absolute diamond, is genuinely one of the best guys in that villa, giving Faye that support that she needs. And, you know, even with the angry outbursts, he's still there. She's not made it easy for him. Like, even when I was there, she was like, you don't speak to my friends enough. Like, things like that. And he made conscious, consistent effort to come speak to me every day. Mm. To, like, check if I'm okay, to see how I'm doing. And, like, I love that for him. Like, I absolutely adore Teddy because I feel like he's just such a good, genuine guy. And I feel like the Love Island game has has made phase insecurities come out like with the postcard and with the movie night and things like that so I think the game has made it hard for them to move on so I feel like when they're in a different environment that a really good relationship will foster mm. so what are you saying thank you next to I'm saying thank you next for lack of support in relationships so we're going to get on to your third and final lesson. So one taught me. That self-love comes before everything else. Right. How did you learn this lesson? Do you know what, actually? I think that this lesson comes with age. I think it's like just learning about yourself and learning to love yourself. A lot of young women now follow me on social medias and reaching out to me about self-confidence and things like that. And I think it is like learning to love yourself is a big journey and it's a journey that will never end. And it's something that gets easier and better every day. For me, my journey about self-love is that learning that if relationship doesn't benefit me, to leave it. But that's not just romantic relationships, it's friendships as well. If someone doesn't make me feel good about myself or want to add something to my life, then then they have no reason to take up space in my life. And I think it is about being able to control what you see and what you think about yourself. I feel like with young people, there's a lot of pressure to look perfect consistently. And the more people that come out and show their imperfections and the more they see that, the more they'll learn to love themselves. And I think that's something that I've started to talk about a lot about my insecurities and being very open about them and how I've overcome 
my insecurities. But I think now that I'm older, I'm surrounding myself with a really good, strong friendship group that support me no matter what and, and help me when those days where I feel like I've got imposter syndrome has very much helped me in my journey to self-love. How did you find these people? Ah, do you know what, actually? They all come from pageants because I feel like even though a lot of people think pageants are places where bitchiness forms and we all hate each other, actually, I felt I found that from my experience, it's basically a group of women that didn't feel like they fitted anywhere else coming together and finding people that that understand them and relate to them on a different level that they find they can't get anywhere else. So my closest female friends all come from pageants. They're all incredible women with like really good, serious professions and are really down to earth and super genuine. So I feel like I'm super fortunate that I have that. What advice would you give to anyone that's struggling with the idea and concept of self-love? I think it's a learning curve. I did a lot of reading. I feel like now there's a lot of books written by like feminists and sociologists and things that are out there that have a bit more of an idea and have done research into all those things. So I started to read a lot. I started to withdraw myself from other aspects of social media that were not benefiting me in a positive way. Like if I feel like somebody that I follow makes me feel a type of way about myself, I would just unfollow them. Not even like celebs or influencers, like people that I I know in real life. If you're making me feel bad about myself, then I need to take it away. It's, It's learning to not give a fuck, basically, what other people think of you. And I think it's very different for everyone. That's interesting you say about the unfollowing, because I find a lot of people find that hard. Sometimes when I talk to like family or friends and they're like, oh, this person's doing this, this, this. And I'm like, just unfollowing them if it makes you feel shit. And they're like, oh, I can't. Then then they'll know. And I'm like, well, who gives then a fuck? Then you've got to mute like, them. You just mute them yeah. then, isn't it? That, there's that option. That's why it's there. So you don't offend the people you don't want to offend, right? <laughs> I don't feel like I'm worried about offending people. Maybe that's my problem. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like it's taking control of your own social media and what you give power to that makes you feel uncomfortable because at the end of the day you're giving something the power to make you feel bad about yourself and it's reclaiming that power is what gives you the opportunity to love yourself more Hmm. has there been a time where you've realized you've been like struggling with self-love in in your life yeah I think again when it came to having cosmetic procedures when I was younger I wanted my boobs done since the age of 17 but I didn't get them done till I was 24 because I realized I was doing it for a completely wrong reason and I wasn't doing it because I feel like it benefit myself I feel like I was doing it because I really liked this guy at the time we were seeing each other and it was going on for a long period of time but he wanted nothing more than the physical aspect of the relationship. And I felt like if I did these things, that he would find me more attractive. So during that period of my life between like maybe 16, 17 to like 21, 22, I really struggled with my body image, how I looked at myself. But it's because I was allowing people in my life that made me feel like that. Like this guy didn't deserve to be in my life because he was making me feel like I was undesirable because of his own issues with commitment Mm. and you know the moment that I dated somebody else who made me feel wanted and desirable I completely forgot about how he made me feel I, I put it down to who I gave power to in my life cutting out certain people not even just boys relationships like friendships cutting out people that were making me feel bad about myself and only allowing smaller circles of people that genuinely loved me and cared for me has definitely helped a lot on the cosmetic procedures just quickly how did you um know well when was the point where you were like oh, okay i'm not doing this because of it i want a guy to see me more desirable i'm doing it more for me when when was that point and how did you know 
I think, I, I, you know, I looked again just before I turned 24 and I think, you know, it was like three months after I turned 24 that I actually had the procedure. So like what, about six, seven years after I initially thought about it. I'd had a lot of consultations and a lot of conversations with a lot of different surgeons and surgeons have kind of have the responsibility to understand why you're doing something um, and kind of understanding the psychological background of why you're having an operation because it's a dangerous slope. Like once you start, it can go downhill very quickly and become addictive. So I think for me... At the time I was in a relationship and that person didn't make me feel bad about my boobs at all and actually didn't want me to have the operation. But the fact that I still wanted it kind of proved to me that I was doing it for my own purpose and to feel confident about myself as opposed to making somebody else happy. What do you make though of then if someone was to say having a procedure then is the opposite of self-love? I can see where somebody would think that, but I think self-love is very, it's difficult, it's complex, and it's not the same for everybody. If you learn to love yourself completely natural, that's amazing. I will say that I'm jealous because I couldn't do that myself. I think when in terms of cosmetic procedures, I feel like people are victim to the problem they're adding to. So like there is a reason why I felt like I needed a boob job and that's because I was a victim of something that I was adding to. Yeah, but the thing is, is like, where do you draw the line? Because I think a lot of people get very judgy about cosmetic procedures and stuff. But it's like what that lady said to you, do you wear lip liner? And I wear lip liner and I make my lips look bigger when I wear my lip liner. And I do like the way my eyes look when I have eyeliner on. And I'm getting a few white hairs, so I'm probably going to dye my hair soon. And I've had balayage. Do you know what I mean? And I've whitened my teeth and... So I'm just kind of like, so where's the line? Because that's still, I'm still doing something with cosmetics. Mm. I don't know why, but cosmetic procedures, it just comes with, it comes with another level of judgment. But it's like people don't realise that they're doing procedures on themselves on a daily basis anyway. I think certain procedures are judged more than others. Like, you know, there's photos of me from when I worked at McDonald's and they're like, oh, she looks so different. And it's like, yes, I do look different because I've had braces since then. And I've had a haircut and I've got balayage. <laughs> Yeah. But I'm not being judged on the fact I've had braces and a haircut. I'm being judged on the fact I've had a boob job when my boobs are not even in the photo they're using as a comparison. So I feel like more invasive procedures are judged far more heavily than someone whitening their teeth. And I think it's a societal thing. I think it is, again, it's a lack of education and understanding on why somebody would want to do something to make themselves feel better or why you see yourself happier or more confident when you've got your eyeliner on, for example. But, you know, people feel confident when they do different things themselves. Like, I would never wear white jeans. But some people feel very confident when they're wearing white jeans. So, you know, like, it's um, it's all personal preference, I feel. But you wouldn't wear them. No, I wouldn't wear them. I feel like you'd look good in them. Uh, I feel like I wore them when I was younger. But now I just, I'm, I'm also very clumsy. So it's probably advisable not to wear them. But, um, like, I think, yeah, everybody has a preference on what they find attractive or, like, how they look, like, they look about themselves. Like, I prefer myself with short hair. Some people prefer, like, prefer to add longer hair. It's it's a really weird topic to, like, discuss because it's so different for everyone. But I was thinking, actually, what you were saying there. I When I have all natural coloured hair, I'm like, I hate it. I'm like, you look so dead. I don't know. It's really bad. And then also I got my teeth whitened when I was, like, 19. And I remember before that I was confident and I'd like smile and stuff. I was quite confident outgoing person, but I used to hate photos of me and like hate smiling. And then as soon as I got them done, like I don't give a fuck now. Yeah, exactly. And that's not judged bad, but I'm also then contributing to the problem of everyone has to have white teeth now. I No, I completely get what you mean. And I think it's really, it's really confusing because like I'm not judged on any of the work I've had done to my teeth. 
But equally, like, I feel like as a woman, you're judged more on the procedures you have. I feel bad because I'm constantly bringing gender into this. But at the same time, it's it's fact. I'm judged more for having a boob job than Danny is for having a hair transplant. Like, have you seen any articles about Danny's hair transplant? I know. I didn't even know that was the case. I saw one, one tweet and I wasn't sure. I was like, has he? I don't know. He was very open about it. Like, he has no issues about talking about it. And, like, I have no issues talking about my boobs. But there are lots of articles, lots of comments, lots of viral messages about the fact that my boobs are fake when Danny's hairline is fake. But nobody's written a comment, an article about him. I've not gone into his Instagram profile and seen horrific comments from men, women, whoever, saying, your hair looks disgusting, it's so fake, like, your hair's got more plastic in than the ocean. <laughs> but, I'm, mm. but I'm getting that about my, my boobs, when actually his hairline is out 24-7 and you can't see mine right now. It's interesting because I actually, when I am on Hinge, I always get served the same fucking people and they're always like, oh yeah, match me if you've got your own tits and your own teeth. Match me if there's nothing fake about you. Da, 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 da. And that's the, the men. But it's like, women will never say, match me if you have hair. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you don't have a receding hairline, if you haven't got a bald patch. I'd care so much about their feelings because we know how paranoid they get about it. Yeah. But like, I'm not allowed to get paranoid about how my boobs look. But then like, equally, I would never turn around to a guy and say like, match me if your dick's a certain size. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. But then a man would be like, some I don't girls wanna... do, don't oh, they? Yeah, they do. I mean, I would. <laughs> but like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's a very big double standard. Like, I see it on dating apps as well. Like, I for me, it's like if you if you smoke, don't bother. But that's just because I hate smoking. Yeah. But with a guy, it's like girls that know this, know that, know that. And I'm like, bloody hell! Like, why is your bio a list of things you hate? When I swipe on whatever app your bio is something that I genuinely take into consideration and like your music choice as well that's important but um like if you're just listing things you don't like about a woman I'm not going to match with you because I think it's disgusting no and it's her, like it's bad yeah yeah so what are you saying thank you next to I'm saying thank you next to undervaluing yourself and putting self-love behind everything else yeah make time for it make time for it um before we let you go though do you have some pressing questions for you that we really want answers to you. She's like, you got more questions. <laughs> you got more. <laughs> I have to I'm ask like, you oh, because no. <laughs> look, you were in the villa, like you are an OG Islander. You were in there for a long time. I just want to know, does anyone have any idea that Jake is a snake? I mean, they, they do now because they've seen it from movie night, but I think previous to movie night, I don't think anybody thought that way. Yeah, that's shocking. That's really shocking because I do feel like he is the villain of the season and it's been one of the things that's been the most upsetting to watch is that Liberty has been slowly, slowly falling in love. And I just feel like Jake from the first time we saw him on screen, it's like he just came in and saw money bags in, in her eyes. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I cried when she was like, I know I'm not a supermodel. I actually sat on my sofa and sobbed. She's fucking 10 out of 10. Lib is stunning, like so beautiful. And she's got the, the biggest heart of anyone I've ever met. And like, I just sobbed because I felt so bad that she felt that way about herself and I just wanted to give her a hug and I couldn't it's so sad because it's upset you that much it's upset viewers that much but it's just like he still hasn't been able to say to her no Lib you're a 10 out of 10 you're this that the other he just keeps saying Lib you're my girlfriend I don't know whether it's just like showing us that men are really dumb or either he's really manipulative and he can't it could be a mixture of the two to be honest Lib is very intelligent and I feel like she underestimates herself a lot I just want to give Jake a slap around the back of the head and say, like, can you just pull your finger out your ass, please? And, like, reassure the girl that's your girlfriend that she is beautiful because I'm not there to do it for you. And I'm hoping that he has said it and we're just not seeing it. 
like I'm hoping there is reassurance that we're just not seeing. Mm. Yeah, true, true. She deserves better, definitely. You did say you've had a few blue ticks in your DMs. So uh, who's who's been in there? <gasps> I can't tell you. <laughs> I can't. Not even a hint. There's there's some like ex Islanders from previous series and maybe some sports players, but that's all I'm going to say. I was going to say it's definitely a sports player, hundred <laughs> percent. Do they have chat? Do they have chat? Are you feeling it, or is it a bit like? Uh, some have chat. Some let their status talk for them and i don't care who you are from adam like i'm not interested in your status so if you have no chat don't sign into my dms <laughs> so who are your winners for this season um it fluctuates a lot um at the moment i'm gonna say million liam but it could probably change after tonight's episode do you know what i said and I, i've shocked myself because i've said it's chloe and um tobias i do see it to be fair they have grown a lot like when i left the villa Toby was a villain in my eyes and he was playing a dangerous game with girls' feelings and emotions. But actually, I think in yesterday's episode, he's really grown. Like, I was like in shock. I was like, Tobias is giving relationship advice. Like, let's take a minute for that. <laughs> and it's not his good relationship advice as well. He's not even giving yeah. like shit to Kaz. And like, how him and Kaz are as friends. I was sat there and I was like, what the hell happened after I left? Yeah. Did they switched the coffee brand. The boys learn how to make ice coffee properly. <laughs> like, what's happened? Is he finally woken up? So, do you know what? Actually, I could see it. I can. I could see that. Put money on that. I swear, like, could be money to be made in this bed. So, what are you up to now that you're out of the villa? Are you taking time out? Are you going back to work? Is pageant stuff coming up? Um, I'm, I don't feel like I'm going to compete in a pageant again. I feel like I've completed what I wanted pageantry to do for me. And that was to build confidence myself and like give me an ability to have a platform to speak about what I'm passionate about. I'm not going to go back to work instantly. I, it's on the horizon for me, but not, you know, in the next six months, I think, because at the moment I am like having these conversations with people about topics I feel very passionate about and being able to work with organizations. I feel like now is the time to be able to use that. You know, I'm getting involved in some really nice campaigns, which will come to light soon, but I don't want to be one of those people that leaves the villa, gets a one-time clothing brand deal and leaves. Like that's not part of my nature. And it'd be very off-brand for me to do something like that. So, you know, there's projects I want to get involved in and, and be able to use use the new following I have for something else. That's amazing. So where can everyone uh, keep across what you're doing? So, I mean, if you go on my Instagram, I'm pretty much talk on there 24-7. Some people like it. Sometimes they don't. But, you know, if you don't like it, don't, don't watch it. I do answer a lot of people's comments and messages. So... Yeah, if you want to reach out to me, go to my Instagram. Not TikTok then. You're not a TikTok fan. It's, everybody wants me to dance. I'm like, oh, I God. have like two left feet and like, I'm like a turkey dinosaur. Like, I can't move my limbs like that. I have TikTok. I've uploaded some stuff on TikTok, but not mm -hmm. like stuff that I've done. I think it'd be, mm. I'd embarrass myself even more if I tried to do a dancing video. You guys killing it on there. Maybe you two should do a little duet. Oh, <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> okay, great. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Thank You Next. Make sure you share this episode with someone who wants answers on shit that's been going down in the villa. Somebody who needs some tips on how to basically get off with someone's earlobe because I don't know if you saw, but she went ham on Hugo's earlobe in one of those challenges. You know what I mean? But she didn't give tips on that. In our oh, podcast. she didn't, but I mean... <laughs>
<laughs> but um, Hardy like wanted to ask her, but has forgotten. So we ran out of time, man. We we asked her so much stuff. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit follow or subscribe so you don't miss another episode of the podcast. You can do that so easily. You just too easily hit a button on Acast, Spotify, or Apple, wherever you listen to your podcast. Really, we will be back next week with more shit. We want to say thank you next to. Next week, is that a Love Island special again? <laughs> you know what? It's nearly over, guys. So if you imagine if someone hates Love Island and this is all we've been chatting about. Yeah, Love Island finishes on the 23rd. So next week, me and Raj are doing an episode about all the lessons that we have learned from the show thus far. And then that will be it, lads. No more. <laughs> So if you have any relationship lessons or things you want to say thank you next to from this year's Love Island, send us a voice note or email us. It's hi, thank you next podcast at gmail.com or slide in the DMs on socials. It's thank you next pod on Insta mainly that we want to, you know, it's mainly in it, like mm. share with us on Insta, you know, but we are on TikTok, Twitter and Facebook. If you want to have a nosy over there. Me and Raj are off now. We're going to go, uh, what are you going to do, Raj? Uh, shave shave your badge I need to edit the podcast I don't know I'm not shaving my fucking badge I'm joking and also I really really want to um, like we shave my badge no we were so angry when Aaron made the comment about hairy arms so I am not telling anybody that they need to go and shave their body you do what you want with your hair and I'll do what I want with my hair actually we that was one thing we really wanted to ask Sharon about but we forgot whether she would have grown her arm hair just to put Aaron off a bit just to be like you know what I'm gonna piss you off geezer we could just slide in we could slide in her DMs and ask her I actually remember when I was growing up there was a girl that um you know when you make friends with just girls that are way older than you and they tell you all these cool stories and you're like oh my god you're so cool Mm -hmm. and there's this girl like like she was telling me about some dude that was obsessed with her and in love with her she was like yeah you know what I've got hairy arms so I just kept showing him and was like oh my god look how hairy my arms are because I just wanted to turn him off and I was like oh my god you're so wild you are a wild woman I love it Mm. that's what that hairy arm story has reminded me of oh wow that's an interesting take on things yeah it was years ago obviously when I was a kid and I had never heard a brown woman be like yeah you know what i wanted to show him my hairy arms i was like whoa 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 you just reminded me i didn't have i had like three brown girls in my year and that was it oh well you know where i grew up in it freaking little india you google my town south and it comes up as little india really i had a plethora of brown peoples that's mad that girl's an icon can we get her on the podcast that girl, she's married now. I don't really talk to her now. I don't know. How, I wouldn't really know how to find her. She knows my mum, though. She's sort of like a distant relative. Well, trousers. Right, Raj is going to go on a hunt to go find that person and I'm going to go eat some food. Love you, bye. Thank you. Now.